Hey there, listeners. This is The Critic. Just wanted to let you know that in addition to our review of The Dressmaker in this episode, we have an interview with its director, Jocelyn Morehouse, on our website right now. In addition, we will have our review of My Blind Brother on our site before Friday's release. So check out whywatchthat.com periodically, where we keep you up to date on all things about movies and TV shows. And now for the episode. On this episode of Why Watch That. This certainly is no Matrix. He is not the agent in this. He is definitely a wonderful, wonderful breath of fresh air (laughs) in this movie. Also for... Stunning. Stunning. Regina King wins for American Crime again. She is no joke as an actress. If you don't know, now you know. You better know. You're going to know. You did know because I just told you and it went back in the past. (laughs) The real MVP goes to Vincent D'Onofrio. How can it not? I mean, talk about a choice. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the rep. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. I watched that sneak peek. Guess what, listeners? What? And I got to see a sneak peek of The Dressmaker coming out in theaters September 23rd. And it stars a stellar cast. But before we get to the cast. Oh. It's directed by Jocelyn Morehouse. And it's a novel by um, Rosalie Ham. And uh. it's also written by PJ Hogan. Um, and Jocelyn Morehouse as well. Um, this is a story about Down Under starring everybody you ever want to see from Down Under in a movie together. Kate Winslet, who's not from Down Under, is um, starring as the lead. Liam Hemsworth, Hugo Weaving, the great Judy Davis, yeah. um, along with others that we'll talk a little bit about. Let's give the plot real quick, Critic. Well, what happens is Kate Winslet plays... The dressmaker! She sure does, Myrtle. Okay, and everyone, that is literal. Yeah. This is not a dressmaker you want to cross. Now, she returns to her hometown in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get that in the movie. And it is like a Western. You know, you get the blowing uh, sand and everything and whatever else. (laughs) Dusty town. Yes. So she goes to her mother who is out of it. Let's just say that. Her mother's played by Judy Davis. Great performance. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So they have their own issues. And really the question is this for her. Why or what happened in her past to get these people to hate her? You know what? I'm going to say it. Did she murder someone or not? Oh. There. That'll wet your whistle. She can't remember, Ref. She cannot remember it. Uh, but along the way, in this little journey, she has a payback. Mm, she does. She sure does. To exact to specific people in this small town. Also, 
there's a, a sheriff played by Hugo Weaving who who has particular tastes. Yes, he does. He <laughs> loves those dresses. I mean, he pulls out the fabric and he loves it. I mean, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And what she does, the other part of this, the subplot, is she helps the women of the town turn into just glamazons. She has just such a skill with the sewing machine. Uh, she makes dresses that accentuate them in all the right places. Oh and obviously she knows makeup because <laughs> they get the right makeup after that. So at the end of this, everybody, the question is, does she get her full revenge? Mm. And is it worth it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she... It, she pays a big price. Yes. What is the price that's paid not only by her, mm. but also by others? Yeah. So-, so that's the basic plot line. And actually, the critic did a wonderful job of streamlining it because it is a novel. And yeah. you, when you watch the movie, you'll see that you could see, you could actually literally feel the chapters mm. in each, um, in, as you move along through the movie. So the plot was great, explained, but actually worked out it was a lot happening. Yeah. Um, but before we get into those things, we've got to talk about these performances because yeah. that's a real highlight here. You are going to get your money's worth as far as getting the performances out of these actors. Stellar, stellar performance by Judy Davis, who plays this deranged mother. Um, she, There is not a false moment. She doesn't let up. And she also has a full arc. She yeah. goes from deranged to where we see her at the end. Yes. Um, and all the in-betweens. Also, Hugo Weaving, you have not seen Hugo Weaving <laughs> quite like this. Well, maybe you have if you saw a certain movie he was in. I won't say well, what it yeah, is. Yeah, don't say that movie. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but this certainly is no Matrix. He is not the agent in no. this. He is definitely a wonderful, wonderful breath of fresh air <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Also for... Cunning. Um, Also, Liam Hemsworth, who um, pretty much plays the uh, romantic interest of Kate Winslet, does his job. I mean, he's really he's that guy. He's a guy from down under who plays rugby or or, you know, whatever the sport was. Cricket. I don't know what it was. Yeah, but, and, you might, and, and you might be saying, I think it was rugby. I think you're exactly yeah. right there. And the other thing about him, which was interesting with Kate Winslet, is he was able to make us buy that they would be attracted to each other. Yeah, it was a great, it was a wonderful chemistry. So overall, I don't know if you want to highlight any other performances, but um, even the supporting cast, really, there wasn't a false moment. No. There wasn't a false beat, but there were some problems. It's, you know, it's such a blend of so many different genres. It's difficult. And, and it is a partly because of the book like you said uh it's very difficult it's a western at one moment it's a romance in another it's a comedy at another it's, it's, revenge like, a, it's, like a- it's a revenge piece uh it's a stage play <laughs> i mean it's like all of this stuff going on but it's never dull yeah yeah that's the thing and it is shot beautifully oh. i think that jocelyn morehouse did a perfect job with that the music yeah yeah was- expertly chosen. You know what it's like? Uh, let me break it down like this. And I said this to you, Ref. What would happen if Chocolat, mm-hmm. a movie, went from Paris to Australia? Mm. But it made two stops along the way. Okay. The first stop, no, stick with me, stick with me now. The first stop was to visit a Western. <laughs> <laughs> and the second stop, a short stop, was to visit Tim Burton. Yes! <laughs> 
If that happened, then it could be the dressmaker. Now, take that and do with it what you will. You know what? That's a great explanation. Listen, overall, when you go see the dressmaker, and I say when, because you can trust people like Kate Winslet, um, you will go for a ride. Just let it be a ride. Don't try and hold on too tight. Just let it take you where it does. Know that, I'm just going to put it out there, people die. Yeah. People have to die. (laughs) Some people have to die. Some people just die. And you're kind of like, well, that was a main character. What, what, what's happening here? How, how is this going to work out in the end? Don't worry about it. At the very end, there is recompense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And just to add to that, this is a film of moments. Yes, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not an arc you're going to get. You take, you get great moments. They they are not strung together in a way that's as compelling as you might expect. But the performances, like you said, oh my goodness! You know what? It, to end it here, my last point. <laughs> this is the kind of film that the Golden Globes would love. It's mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yep. So dress the dressmaker is coming out September 23rd, and if we can just give you one more reason to watch it, you'll love the costumes. <laughs> Did you know? Part one. Critique! (laughs) I just think of so many ways to say that. (laughs) Okay, I have a did you know for you, and I actually really, really like this one. Oh, so you don't like the other ones? I do, I do, (laughs) I do. But this one is very special just because of recent events. Mm. But, which was a clue, Mm. what two actors, now this is a, a comedic duo, not that they only did their comedy together, but they did films before and did many after, were replaced by Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy in Trading Places. Two actors were replaced. And it was at Eddie Murphy's request. I'm pausing right here, and I'm going to think long and hard. (laughs) Oh, Trading Places, I love that movie. Think about it. This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part two. Okay. All right. I have thought. Wait a minute. I think you have this. Is this a contemporary of Eddie Murphy? Well, I'll say this. Yeah. Think of the two characters. One's a homeless guy. One's a Wall Street guy. Really, the age could be anywhere. But what happened was one of the comedic duo decided to drop out. And Eddie Murphy didn't want to follow in his footsteps mm. the other had to leave I think you got it from there yeah that that gives it to me it must be Richard Pryor oh who's the other one Gene Wilder yes yes oh oh yes. oh the boy is bad boom goes the dynamite boom goes the dynamite Trading Places was actually conceived for Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor but Richard Pryor had to drop out Eddie Murphy was the replacement but he didn't want to follow in the footsteps of Richard Pryor so he asked 
before Gene Wilder to be replaced. Now, we all know that Gene Wilder recently passed, and what a loss we've had with the, uh, not only the com- comedic community, but he was also also a really, really an amazing dramatic actor. So, I, um, I know, I know. But... Come with me. Yay! But we will all, all remember him for his wonderful, wonderful work. So, good job, critic. Back to why watch that. The Why Watch That Talk. Hey there, listeners. Oh my gosh, we're recording this and it's almost midnight. <laughs> the ref is leaned over. She got a finger on her temple going, look. Listen, we just experienced the Emmys 2016 and we came at you earlier and we, we gave some of our, our predictions with the nominations. We discovered the nominations and we were right about a lot of things. Now the question is... If the Emmys got it right this year, and I'm leaning more towards yes than no, but let's go through these and see um, how we did, what we think, and, uh, you know, areas of improvement. I will preface with this. Jimmy Kimmel was the host this year. He was. And he did a fine job. Jimmy Kimmel has a certain humor, certain sensibility. He always likes to incorporate people. So you got appearances from Jed Bush. Yeah, you did. Mm. You got, you know, appearances from Emilia Clark and, you know, very people he's passing out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to the audience so it was very Matt Damon made a hilarious <laughs> go to YouTube and watch that he made a hilarious appearance so anyway let's get on to the list first um, it wasn't presented this night but some of the winners did present of course we're talking about the outstanding guest actor category for comedy and drama and first we have the winner of the outstanding guest actor in the comedy series now you watch girls yeah I haven't yet are we surprised or happy about Peter yeah I'm cool with that why not <laughs> Peter Scolari took it home along with um, very quickly Tina Fey and Amy Poehler getting comedy. So that's it with comedy series. Now, what about the drama series, uh, Critic? We had heavy hitters in that category, but we also have some veterans who took it home. For comedy, the guest actors are who they are. And and for, for drama, again, it's the same thing. So, you know, Hank Azaria and, and Ray Do- Donovan, he gave really a comedic performance for drama, okay? And then Margot Martindale is always great. Always. Period. And she took it, they took it home. So we're excited about that. Let's go to um, Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or a Movie. And to me, I always tell you, I get a little mixed up between these categories, what a movie is, what a, yeah. um, you know, these kind of things. But the Actress Award went to a very familiar, I mean, your girl took mm-hmm. it home. Yep. And uh, you were not surprised by this. Nope. Regina King wins for American Crime again, again. Consecutively. That's right. She is no joke as an actress. If you don't know, now you know. You better know. You're going to know. You did know because I just told you and it went back in the past. (laughs) The actor category was a surprise for me. I don't know this actor very well. I am very excited for him. Sterling K. Brown took it for The People versus OJ as the outstanding supporting actor of the limited series. He played Darden and spot on. I mean, these two categories, by the way, have some great performances. Yeah, yeah. it was a tough one. It was, and I'm still not surprised that he won. Mm-hmm. Oh, well done. Um, the DVD well, is out. Fine. 
<laughs> the OJ Simpson DVD is out. Or not the OJ Simpson. The People versus OJ Simpson Uh-oh. is out. Yeah, there's another one <laughs> that's out. But um, there it's out if you want to check that out. Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series was a shock. Mm. Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live took it, but I thought she took it worthily. I did catch a lot of her skits on Saturday Night Live. She does a stellar Hillary Clinton, and she also thanked her in her speech. Yeah, wow. I mean, because that's probably why she won. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's smart. And it is a surprise. Uh, Yes, I'm fine with that. Why not? Usually, Allison Janney takes it, so (laughs) usually. (laughs) My girl Lisa Nash again was nominated. Thank you. She was nominated. Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. That went to... (laughs) Louis Anderson. Let me tell you, I have talked about baskets. He played Zach Galifianakis' mother. Okay, and he just wears a wig and a house dress, no makeup, no change of voice. It's hilarious. I this is a surprise and it's a good one. And you know what? He thanked his mother. <laughs> he said he no, he did. He said he crafted the role after her. All those mm-hmm. looks, all those comments. That was his mother. He was channeling his mother. So you know, it, it was also an emotional Emmys yeah. for various. We'll get onto that a little later. Now going to outstanding supporting actress. In a drama series, yes, goes to the regular Dame Maggie Smith. Yeah, and the running joke with Jimmy Kimmel that night is he prefaced it. He said, "If Maggie Smith wins, because she never shows up, he was like, she shows up for the Oscars. Showed a picture of that. Shows up for the Tonys. Showed a picture of that. He goes, she even shows up for the Soul Train Awards." <laughs> <laughs> But, again, yes, she did not show up, so Jimmy Kimmel went on stage and hijacked the Emmy and said, you will not be receiving this unless you come and get it, Maggie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and she took out the trio from Game of Thrones, okay. She she did, but you know what? The thing about it is, you don't know the work Maggie's doing. She's doing work. Yeah. But she's so good that you just have to go with it. Moving on to actor in supporting drama series. Yeah, and that's uh, Ben Mendelsohn from Bloodline on Netflix. Look, I talk, didn't I say... You did. Look now, that I do not want to be in the same room as this man after seeing that performance. I'll tell you that. Ooh. No joke. And it's no... I'm sorry. I love all the actors. John Voight is there for Ray Donovan, which you know I love. But Ben Mendelsohn, you got it. Yeah, he. T- I mean, that was a tough tough category and yeah. he walked away with it yeah. very briefly outstanding television movie goes to Sherlock which was a surprise they uh, everybody was sort of moving toward all the way even a little bit of Luther but um, they took it home yeah. and uh, moving on to outstanding lead actress in a limited series or movie yeah Sarah Paulson playing Marsha Clark and uh, the people versus OJ Simpson yeah no shock no, it's not. And she brought Marsha Clark. <laughs> yeah, she sure did. That's her date, so to speak. And mm-hmm. really gave a moving speech toward her, apologizing to her on behalf of all of the public who really saw her as a two-dimensional character. Moving on to outstanding lead actor in a limited series. And Courtney B. Vance. Again, People versus OJ. He, <laughs> look, Johnny Cochran. If you haven't watched it. Whoa. This, the Emmys are telling you to, I agree. It is so, it's consummate. Aside! <laughs> it's consummate entertainment, that's right. Uh, yeah, he and Sterling K. Brown going at it. Good stuff. Wonderful. And you have to check out his acceptance speech. It was great. He shouted out Angela Bassett. Hello. His Out's, wife. And uh, schoolmate. That's right. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. 
this is a lockdown series. It's almost the Brian Cranston. Yeah. As long as Brian Cranston was playing um, in Breaking Bad, no one could break through. It's yeah. the same way. I mean, Veep took it. Julia Louise Driver. I mean, she's great. What can you say? And she's doing a lot, actually. She's not only saying the lines, but she's also improvising. Yeah. And Moving on. Both, by the way, it's an important point that you said. They do both. They're on script, and then they do yeah. another take where it's not. So, yeah. I mean that's that's a muscle that's a, that's a difficult muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, outstanding lead actor in a comedy series goes to no surprise. This is another lockdown category. Yep, Jeffrey Tambor for Transparent. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah who, what are we gonna say? Yeah, right? Nothing. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series. Now this was a quite a shock because there's some very heavy hitters in this category. Yeah, Tatiana Maslany uh, for Orphan Black, where she plays 100 characters. So finally, all of her fans are like, why didn't she win? Why didn't she win? Well, she got it now. Everybody can be quiet. That's right. That's right. Um, But we have to acknowledge the fact that Carrie Russell was finally acknowledged for the work she's been doing in um, The Americans. Don't even get me started, please. Well, you know what? It's only up and up for her for this. She's finally on the radar. Outstanding lead actor Mm. was another... I mean, this was probably one of the most shocking awards. And it goes to Rami Malek. Mm-hmm. For Mr. Robot, and you were pretty much on that train a little bit. You 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 enjoyed his his work. <laughs> All you need to see is the first episode. Forget that the first five minutes of the first episode. <laughs> and this is a great category, and he wins. Mm-hmm. Now let's go to the big big awards for the night. Of course, let's just very briefly. I mean, obviously, you've got directing going to for comedy, Jill Salloway mm-hmm. for transparent. Very quickly, you have Suzanne Beer winning for Outstanding Director for a limited series with The Night Manager. I just wanted to acknowledge that the women were doing it that night. Um, But we're going to move on to the big categories because we have to wrap this up. I mean, this is the big ones. Drum roll, please. Outstanding limited series, no shock. People versus OJ, of course, yeah. Now, some people thought American Crime would go head to head, but it was Ryan Murphy's night. It really was. Just yeah, crazy. and you also have to think about people watching this stuff. How many people saw American Crime? I did, but did you? Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. Um, outstanding comedy series, no surprise again. Veep. Yeah. Now, it beat out Transparent. Okay. You know that that gives it competition. They go back to they go back and forth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Veep, and I think Veep really did have a strong season. So good for them. Yep, I really was honestly personally rooting for Blackish. I knew it was a tough category. Yeah. Blackish had a very it was a huge arc throughout the season, and it dealt brilliantly with some interesting topics. So yes. Um. Then moving on to the biggest award of the night, arguably mm. outstanding drama series goes to House of Cards. Nope. Count Nappy, of course. Not. <laughs> Better Call Saul. Nope. The Americans. Uh-uh. Homeland. No. Mr. Robot. Yeah, right. What's left? Game of Thrones. <laughs> Look, everybody. Hold the door. Okay, that's all I got to say. I have not even talked about that episode, which I thought was so moving. I mean, people made, they were memes of that. People were making fun. It moved me. I think this was their strongest season. I know. We have guests on this podcast who disagree. <laughs> uh, I'm certainly not surprised that they won. They won before. Why would they win for this one? 
Well, they took home, you know, the directing, outstanding directing, outstanding writing. So, I mean, it's really one of those things where you got to come for Game of Thrones. <laughs> Otherwise, enjoy its dust as it runs away with the Emmys. 2016, you gave us some highs and you gave us maybe no lows. We're, we're kind of, we're, we're okay with that. Last year was... I'm waiting for the Americans to win something. You know what? We can give the Americans a Why Watch That Award. But anyway... <laughs> If you want to recap, you can find a link on our website yeah. and uh, enjoy and bask TV shows. You did pretty good this year. And now, the pick of the week. The critic is coming at us again for a pick of the week, and it is none other than Transparent, which you can catch on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's coming out this week, September 23rd, and it stars Jeffrey Tamor, Judith Light, among others. Also, it's created by Jill Soloway, who is not only creator, but she's also written and directed some of the episodes, and it's, it's taken on by Storm. It's really given Amazon some legs. Yeah, it, it really has. Um, now, this is the third season coming up this week. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, you can certainly watch them. It's uh, the first two seasons. That's 20 episodes total. Okay, so we're doing... Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, we're doing 10 episodes per season. Now, the first two are interesting because they go together, but they're not the same. So in the first season, of course, you get, uh, if you don't know what this is about, Jeffrey Tambor plays uh, Patriarch, who decides to come out as a transgendered woman. And we see him reveal this to his ex-wife, to his uh, three children who have their own problems, okay? Uh, and we see this transition. He has to figure out what's it like to be a woman. He has to find other people to mentor him in this. Uh, so we see all of that coming out. And then in the second season, we see the past of this family and how that has affected their present and will affect their future. The second season, I mean, Jeffrey Tambor and Judith Light have some beautiful moments. Okay, so you get the shock of the first season and the aftermath of that. Then you get the background of the second season and them trying to move forward. And we can see Jeffrey Tambor's character going, look, I can't take some of this stuff anymore. I need to move forward. And, you know, she still makes mistakes as that happens. So I just think this is a very, very interesting show to watch. It keeps you on your toes. You don't know quite where it's going. They have wonderful performances. You even have guest uh, performances by Bradley Whitford, for instance. Oh, get out. <laughs> yes. So I would say in preparation for the third season, check out the first two if this sounds like something interesting. But they really are on the cutting edge here, storytelling-wise. And they find some wonderful moments. So I'm looking forward to the third season. Who knows? Well, we'll have to wait to find out. A final, why watch that sneak peek? You know what, listeners? Let me tell you. Let me tell you, listeners. Do you know what? The ref got to see a sneak peek. It was sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> At the Magnificent Seven. Now, all of you film buffs know not the 1960 version. This is the new one. The brand new one. Brand spanking new like a newborn. Oh. And this is starring <laughs> Denzel Washington, of course. Oh, it Denny. also stars Chris Pratt, Ethan mm -hmm. Hawke. 
Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh. Okay, Peter Sarsgaard and others. I'm not going through all seven. What do I look like? Now, this comes to us from Nick Pizzolatto, who wrote it. And everyone, he's the one who created that show on HBO, True Detective. Uh Uh-huh. And it's directed by Antoine Fuqua, who now directs... Hey, look. (laughs) Now, look, he directs every Denzel Washington movie now. I think... I think they just have some sort of secret pact, right? Now, you know what they do. Now, if you don't know, now you know this is certainly a western. It's going to give us the shoot 'em ups. It's going to give us the action. Am I reviewing? I'm getting to you right now. So, right on that. See how the the ref can't let the critics say anything. No, because like you get wound up. <laughs> so now, please, please, ref, tell us about it. I really am excited to hear what your thoughts are. I doubt it. But <laughs> listen, okay. So it's the Magnificent Seven. It is is the reboot um but not everything is the same so first you open up on the the wonderful wide open hills of a small town somewhere out west during the late 1800s it is a mining town we later find out as the mines are going off then you also find out that this town is being ruled with a very heavy hand by Bartholomew Bogue, who is played by Peter Sarsgaard. He is the owner of the mines. He also barges into the church. <laughs> of course. Tells the entire town, listen, you want to stay here? You're going to have to pay me. And oh. if you want to leave, you're going to have to pay me. So basically... He took he the got- church offering? He took everything. <laughs> He's got the town under it's it's they're they're hostages basically and quite frankly the town's not going to have it so you have some people buck up against that and he takes care of that very violently. Mm. Yes. Um, one violent act is between Matt Balmer, who plays Matthew Cullen, and his wife Emma Cullen, played by Haley Bennett, and it doesn't end so well for one of them. Now, oh my goodness, listen. This man, this evil man, doesn't care about killing children, women, men. Doesn't matter. He wants his money. He wants to rule the town. Fast forward, you see Denzel Washington's character. Chisholm is a bounty hunter of some sort. He's certified in multiple states. He is going collecting. Certified. <laughs> yes, I'm going to tell you. It's a whole monologue speech. <laughs> when he goes to the town, he's like, I'm certified in Kansas. I'm certified. In Kansas. I'm certified, in Kansas. I'm certified in Kansas. Turns out that he and Chris Pratt's character, Josh Faraday, are in the same town. And Chris Pratt's character witnesses Chisholm take care of business. And so it sets the tone for the movie. Running through the plot because it thickens and it goes everywhere. Denzel Washington's character is solicited by various members of the town to come and take care of the business. Yeah. They're under a heavy thumb. We need an oppression lift. So throughout the movie or throughout the very beginning, Denzel solicits the help of various people, which obviously includes Chris Pratt's character, Ethan Hawke, Manuel Garcia uh, Rolfo, and um, I'm probably not going to say his name correctly, but he plays Billy Rocks, and it's Byung Hung Lee, uh, along with Martin uh, Sinsmeyer. And he also solicits the help <laughs> of Jack Horn, mm. played by Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> hey, now we know that ain't no joke. Listen, you don't even know it's him. We'll get back to the performances. As they're solicited, they go into the town and have a scrimmage match against the current gatekeepers there who are holding the town hostage while the big boss is away. Word gets back to him. They only have a week to train the town. 
And then there's a big shootout, and it ends probably the way you know it ends, but it's a Western. Yeah. That's the gist of the plot. That is exciting, actually. I it love- is. It's, it's very exciting. Ooh. Okay, so let's kind of, let's break this down very quickly. Mm. First of all, it's Antoine Fuqua. He likes close-up shots. I just watched The Negotiator not too long ago. <laughs> It just he he's all into the close up shots, and so at the beginning of the movie, you have a lot of close up shots, which makes the lighting a little wonky. So you couldn't quite see the facial expressions that everyone's giving because it's a you know it's a western. That means we're not going to have monologues and monologues. We're going to get to the action. So it was a little difficult to see exactly what was going on. The rhythm, I know you're going to be like, I told you, it, oh, yeah. there were some pacing issues. There were some mm-hmm. rhythm issues. Mm-hmm. The cinematography was definitely you know. You've got this beautiful land, this sweeping land. And, you know, I believe that DP did the best that he could with the direction he was given. But it's really about the performances. Yeah, it's it has to be. really about the performances here. And that's what we're going to get into. First of all, Denzel Washington does his job. There was a lack of energy among the actors at the beginning of the movie. Chris Pratt, he's the zinger. He's the one-liner kind of guy. He's making jokes. He's the lightness of the movie. It just seemed a little forced. I mean, he's Guardians of the Galaxy kind of guy yeah. in this role. And it just kind of fell a little short towards the beginning. It picked up and got better towards the end. Denzel's energy picked up as it got towards the end. Um, you do buy that he's the ringleader of these six wayward, loose cannon kind of guys. You do believe he has a good heart and there's motivation behind his agreeing to save this town. Okay. And, you know, it's just is what it is. But, you know, it's kind of hard to believe Denzel sometimes because he's got this Brooklyn, this yeah. New York accent. And he's like, look, <laughs> you're going to put your guns down. You know, it's like, OK, that was really bad. That was really bad. But listen, I'm not going to go through all the performances. I'm going to highlight Peter Sarsgaard. He's a great bad guy. He kind of plays a bad guy that's sort of I feel like if it were current, he'd be like a cocaine addict or something because he he was always sweating and sort Mm. of like his eyes were always rolling in the back of the hair. So he made some definite choices. Yes. Now we saw Ethan Hawke in the Valley of Violence and I was very much adamant that I didn't quite buy him. And and, and just so the listeners know our review of that will be coming. I buy him here. What'd I say? You didn't say anything. I buy him. (laughs) They will hear our review and they will know what I said. (laughs) I buy him as, not necessarily as a Western, but I buy him in this situation. Got it. It's the first time we've seen Ethan Hawke and Denzel Washington and Antoine Fuqua together again since training day. And quite frankly, Ethan Hawke didn't have enough. His character was a pivotal character Mm -hmm. and he has some shifty things happen, but it wasn't enough. And who could forget about Haley? Bennett. I mean, she dug deep. She's this woman who's desperately needing her town to be freed and she has a definite motivation. Some of these performances, I'm like, wait a minute now. Yes. She had some pretty amazing scenes with some gravitas. (laughs) And you bought her as someone who would do anything that she needed to do to make sure that she helps out the people she loves. So hats off to her. The real MVP goes to Vincent D'Onofrio. How can it not? I mean, talk about a choice. He plays this big, huge grizzly of a man who's really lost everything and has nothing else to lose and lives life that way. (laughs) But as big as he is, as robust as he is, as dangerous as he is... 
he does the opposite with his voice. He does the opposite. He is this mountain of a man. And he he sort of talks like this. (laughs) He's like, I don't know. You kind of got it. And he's quoting scriptures as he's killing people. I mean, it's, it's, it's a marvelous performance. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And so did the audience. We were laughing out loud. And it wasn't because of the writing. Because most of his laughs, most of the connections we will have with him are the spontaneous things that he does. Mm. So I really do have to give a hat off to him. Now, is this movie worth seeing? Yeah. It is for me. I'll be honest. I didn't think it was going to be great. Yeah. And it wasn't great. Mm. But it was enough to wet the whistle of the fall movie release. It's It's a nice start to fall. It's not great. I have to say this. There was two thoroughly long shootout scenes, which I personally liked. Because, folks, 2016 is the year of the Western. We had the duel. We had whatever that Ethan Hawke was. In the Valley of Violence. We have even the Dressmaker. Now we've got the Magnificent Seven. It's all a lot of Western, and out of those, Magnificent Seven is the best one. Not necessarily because of, of direction, but it was definitely because of the performances and the shootout scene. And I will say this. Of those three besides the Dressmaker... There is a running theme at the end of the movie. Oh, no. It's the same sort of ending. And you're like, oh, I wish you would have come up with a different alternative ending. And you will know, Critic, because you've seen those three movies, how the bad guy gets his due. With that being said, do you need to go see this in the theater? Why not? If you just want to see a wide screen view of a good shootout, do it. There were some great performances. If you don't want to, you're okay as well. Well, you know what? Whether you're going or whether you're not, let me tell you this. We are transitioning into the fall. The Magnificent Seven is here to help us with that. It is in theaters, everybody, nationwide, on Friday, September 23rd. Will I see you there? I don't no, know. No, you, you won't. <laughs> but uh, that's why I went. There you go. Thank you, Ref, and everybody. Enjoy the shoot 'em ups of the Magnificent Seven. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.